Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yo, 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 what's poppin'? You kicking it with the coldest podcast in the land. It's your boy, B. Jones, a.k.a. Bolo. And you know when I'm pulling up to the porch, I can't pull up without my dog. Yes, sir. It's your boy, Big Smitty, a.k.a. D-Nice, a.k.a. The Guy. And where we at again, Bolo? Y'all know we in a place to be. So mm-hmm. tell a friend to tell a friend to pull up, grab a drink, because this is The, the porch. porch. Started on the porch, that was where it all began. Had to put it work, every day we got it in. We chased all our dreams and now they can't believe it. We make it look easy, we achieving everything we need. Now we undefeated. If we link, no, it's only business. If we get to speak and leave them speechless. I did things for free, but now it costs to see me. When you see me, you ain't got to greet me. Just don't plot to sneak me. I'm going to see you. I'm going to stop and watch you lose and get defeated. Yes, sir. What's good, my guy? How you doing? I see you got the hat on today. You coming ready. Hey. What Rick Ross say, I'm richer than I ever been. Ooh. Feeling great. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you starting to show up with the bars. Two feet on the ground, bro. That's, you know, that's all. That's all we, I'm thankful. Amen to that, bro. Hey. Got a special guest. Special guest. Special before, guest. Before we even announce who we got on right now, I just want to say, people have been rocking with the porch, man. They've been hitting me up talking about, man, who y'all getting next? Who y'all getting next? So we got another special guest here. The, the very, the multi-talented. She's a hooper. She can sing, she can rap, <laughs> she can model, she can, whatever you need her to do, she can get the job done. The one and only Dylan Gonzalez. Welcome to the porch. Welcome, you know, Tuesdays, yes. usually I go when, when uh, I get introduced because again, my brand, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and know. my walking fortune know. 500, you know the deal. You know it. Uh, it goes. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> okay. Crowded already. So, I love it. Yeah. You go. Good night. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. I was gonna try to do it right. I was gonna try to do what you just did, but I, my voice don't work that way. So I had to. You gotta know your limitations. That was. Gotcha. I like that though. I like that. You no, know, it's okay. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. flattery. So even Facts. if you would have tried it, I would have applauded it. Well, that's yeah, you that's already right. dropping gems. You ain't <laughs> got, got a on big heart. Been on the porch for two minutes, dropping gems already. That's all we had to bring her on, man. So now nah, we're so excited to have you on, and we're gonna dive into your story and your journey. Um, but first, we gotta dive into sports real quick, man. The last twenty four hours have been crazy, Bolo. Last crazy. night, let's start from the NBA. Steph Curry broke Ray Allen's all time three point record. Did it in Madison Square Garden. You know the biggest <laughs> stage you could possibly break a record on. What are your just initial thoughts on him breaking Ray Allen's record and just explain how special this really is? It was just like it was just like we knew he was going to do it. I mean, you you just see the media hyping it up. Mm-hmm. You know, they thought it was going to be in Boston. They thought it was going to be in Indianapolis. Um, and what better place than Madison Square Garden? Right. Man. Um, did it in the first quarter. I'm locked in. It's like it's like history. Right. So we're going to look at this 20, 25 years from now. And literally, I'm like, I'm, I was sitting on the couch, you know, first quarter. I watched him drop, you know the two threes to yep. break the record. And it was awesome to see Reggie Miller and Ray Allen there to support them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Two black brothers. You know what I mean? I just love when black people support black people and you, you put up, put them on that pedestal, give people their flowers while they still here, man. And um, facts. I just love watching the, just 100%. watching the, um, 
the special, the kind of how, you know, Ray Allen and Reggie Miller were kind of talking pregame before Steph went out and did his thing, man. It was just a beautiful scene to see yesterday. No, nah, it really was, man. We know Steph had a few games prior. He was kind of struggling a little bit because he admitted it's been on his mind. Like He's been really trying to break the record. And I could imagine just the internal pressure he's facing, just like, man, I'm trying to break this record, I'm trying to break this record. Like the media was on him the, the other day for him, like not making 10 threes in a game. It's like, well, damn, yeah. it's 10 threes. Like, come on. I don't care how great you are. Like you can't just make 10 threes. So I know he feels one, just excited. He He's the all time great. And he can officially say he's the greatest shooter of all time. And then number two is like, all right, I got that weight off my back. Now he can just focus on like trying to get Golden State to, to the championship. You know what I'm saying? So um, at this point, it's like, man. I don't know when he's going to retire. He's playing at an MVP level right now. It might be five years from now, six years from now. The record that he's going to set, I don't, think, I don't see it ever getting broken. Because, like, at this point, each game he's setting a new record. It's just the numbers going to keep going up and up and up. And I don't know if he's is it ever going to get touched, man. So, shout out to Steph Curry, man, for breaking the record, man. You, you are an all-time great. Legend. Legend deal. Let them know. You know the deal. <laughs> Legend. Listen, man. Listen, shooters. When it comes to shooters, I can relate because that's what I do. Okay. Ooh, like, so when it comes to like Ray Allen, that was somebody who I really shaped a lot of my technical skills around, like watching him shoot it, watching him be so locked in, like watching mm-hmm. him do the same thing basically and from anywhere on the court. It mm-hmm, was right. amazing. And then to see kind of like the next evolution of that. So that's why I think it's cool to kind of see like Steph set the next bar and and to watch like history in the making like to be Crazy. a part of that i don't think a lot of people a lot of people are desensitized today because they just think that like people make shit look too easy legends right. like steph make shit look too easy so everybody thinks that if they're out here and they can shoot a ball and they can do this they could uh accomplish the things that he has accomplished or that any of these people that we are discussing have accomplished and they don't get it. Like they don't understand the kind of history that's really, really being witnessed um, in basketball and in culture, this period. Facts. And then let's talk about the work though. Like I feel like so many people see stuff on the outside. They don't really know how many shots Steph is putting up day in, day out after the games, before the games, doing practice, staying after practice. I think especially in our society, like the, the millennial group and like the, the Gen Z, like they get so caught up with the finished product instead mm-hmm. of understanding the work. Like Steph mm-hmm. working, like just because he can pull up down there at half court and hit that shot, he's practicing those shots. Non-stop. Like he, everything yeah. he's doing in the game, he's practicing that. He's not just pulling up and just shooting. You know, everything mm-hmm. it has a has a rip, rhythm to it and, and he's doing it day in and day out. 100%. Yeah, man, listen, practice. It, I always say, like I just said this this morning in my shoot around, um practice doesn't make perfect perfect practice makes perfect so you know that he's in there again it's not just about going and shooting 100 shots it's about shooting it the same way every time getting that repetition that conditioning in locking in on those technical skills but then also it's more than that it's it's a mentality people don't understand how much Steph has had to train his mind even mm-hmm. to be at the all-star level, to be in those conversations, to have the entire world, like basically just criticizing you and continuing to have to prove yourself night in and night out, no matter how much support you get. I feel like when you're in those kind of spaces, that kind of stuff is going to affect you. It's just mm-hmm. about how you choose to respond to it. Mm. And because Steph chooses to respond to it by overcoming every obstacle that's ever set in front of him, he continues to do things like make history. 
I love it. I ain't, I ain't got nothing to add to that. The way Dylan, Dylan, <laughs> hey, Dylan might have to be a third, a third oh, host on the porch. She's jumping in, in like, <laughs> put, little, put some icing the on there, well. drizzle some little, <laughs> little salt bay on there. What can I say? They don't call me the drip doctor for nothing. I got the sauce. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Let's transition to our to our next uh, sports topic, man. Earlier today, big news in college sports, man. The number one high school football recruit, Travis Hunter, decided to decommit from Florida State and commit to HBCU. I'm going to call him a powerhouse right now. Jackson State, led by none other than primetime Deion Sanders. Bolo, I know you, you, know, you play oh. DB. You know, you coach the DBs now at the high school level. This is a top player in the country, man. Plays the cornerback, plays both sides. But what are your thoughts on this player, number one in the country, commence to an HBCU? First off, yeah. let me let me just start with this. He did it like this is for the culture. Like, y'all yes. don't understand. This is for the culture. Like, you got the number one rated player, okay, in the country, all these power five schools that they can go to, right? Florida States, Miami's, Bama. you know, Bama's, you know, Ohio States, all of these top tier, you know, teams that you're going to see day in and day out, you know. Um, and he was like, you know what? I'm going to go to Jackson, Jackson State and do my thing. And I think that just literally opened up the floodgates for whoever, whenever, all right, if somebody wants to make that decision to go to HBCU, you can go to HBCU. Remember we had that conversation earlier about a year or so ago, we were talking about if our kids grew up and, you know, they were, you know, being, you know, um, scouted by power five schools and then HBCUs came in the picture. Will we, you know, make that move, right? Yep. He's he's showing it that it can, it, it can happen, you know? And for me, it's all about resources and networking. You know, if you want to get to that next level, obviously it's about the program you in, but it's also about people, you know, you got one of the best cornerbacks that ever touched the, uh, the green turf. I call him the goat. Sanders. Yes. You know what I'm saying? In prime time. Hey, he played the position. Hey, I, if, if my kid had had scholarships and Deion Sanders came in my kitchen and sat down, it's like, look, I can get your boy to the next level. I've been there. I'm, I'm one of the best at my craft. Like, let's make it work. I'm making that shit work. 10 times out of 10. hundred percent, bro. And it's funny. I'm glad you mentioned that, you know, that old podcast we had where we initially brought up the HBCUs. I was thinking about that earlier today. And I remember I was the one who was saying like, listen, we can't put the pressure on a 17 year old or 18 year old to like say you have to go to an HBCU. Like, I still believe that. I don't think we should put the pressure on them because they're still young. And I believe there's certain decisions in your life where it's okay to be selfish. And I think when you're in your career, your sport, it's okay to think about you. But in the event that you do choose to think about other people as well and, you know, decide to go to HBCU like Travis did, kudos to you. Like, it takes a lot of courage, uh, sacrifice, obviously, um, and a lot of confidence in yourself, uh, Coach Coach Prime, Coach Sanders, and what he's built at Jackson State. So this is huge, man. I think it's going to lead to other big-time recruits making the same decision. And I think it's, it, the decision is a little easier now because of the NIL rules. I True. saw something came out that said the numbers are kind of up in the air, but that this kid got some deal with like Barstool Sports. Almost a mi- over a million dollars. Over a mil. And he in high school. So I'm just saying with the new NIL rules, I think that makes the game, it's a game changer. And it allows these guys to kind of make a sacrifice and go to a, you know, a smaller school or HBCU or what have you, because they're not necessarily missing out on dollars and money because they can still get rep for their brand with the NIL deal. So um, and we're going to talk about that a little bit with Dylan as well, because I want to know her perspective with NIL. I know your career, there was some, you know, stuff went on with, 
You could have. Hey, listen, you're talking about that. game changers. I'm the reason that the NIL exists. <laughs> Let them know. Let them know. If I had a mic, I just, I got no, it, but no. I, ain't, I, ain't got the, I ain't got the hand here. I'm the reason why the NIL exists. So we can talk about game changing. And to be honest with you, what I think is so cool, again, is the statement culturally that's mm-hmm. being made. Um, I feel like when it comes, what I would hope is, is that, you know, other peers and, and people that are coming up into similar positions or aspire to mm-hmm. um just just take personal notes as far as not buying too much into the hype around um a lot of the collegiate you know entities yeah. and the forces and the universities uh collectively because uh the the smoke and mirrors is real and <laughs> nice. um and not everybody or everything is what they seem. So at the end of the day, it's extremely important for kids to acquire a sense of intuitiveness mm-hmm. when it comes to their decision making today. Education is extremely important. And I have so much respect for anybody who goes after like, you know, serious, serious degrees while also trying to simultaneously pursue their uh, collegiate sports aspirations right. at the same time. People don't understand how hard that that is trying to juggle your education at the same time. If you really are committed to like excelling in Full that time area. Job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so again, I think that culturally it should be something that, you know, makes a statement, but I, I don't want people to get too caught up in the, in the hype of things to where it's like, Oh yeah, everybody wants to bandwagon and be on board and HBCU this and HBCU that. But it's like people are really missing like the point. Like it's like, oh yeah, this statement was made. Let's all talk about it. But nobody actually really like looks at that message and looks at that statement and like changes their mindset, mm. changes how they interpret things to really like make a shift and a change in their own realities. You know what I mean? So again, I hope that the influence for the peers and for those who are coming up and even for those who are just watching the situation overall, I'm hoping that they can take some personal notes. And Dylan, that's that's uh that's that's some that's some that's some good game um right there. Cause to your point too, let's not forget about the experiences people get at HBCUs too. Like right. you know, even taking sports out of it, you know, we Darnell and myself, we went to PWIs, right? You know, Power Five usually PWI University. So um, obviously we go there for sports and you, you want to acquire a degree, but at the same time, you know, you want to grow and develop personally. Um, you want to find out who you are a little bit exactly. more, you know, so you do get that at HBCUs. I got a lot of friends and family who, you know, were, you know, lucky, I would say fortunate enough to, to go to HBCUs and you know, learn a little bit more about yourself, you know, mm-hmm. see people yeah. that look like you going through the same struggles and, you know, it's just a, the history, uh, the culture. <laughs> exactly. Huge. Exactly. So it's it's literally it's priceless, you know, especially like being a black American, being a black American, what that really stands for, being able to be one of the faces to help, like, continue to uplift and empower and move what I call the peace train, because that's a part of my foundation. I love it. I love it. Um, But continue to, like, move, move that movement forward and to really build upon it and again for kids to to take on that initiative and for them to want to continue to build upon the foundation that's been done ahead of them and to again get that experience because there is no teacher like it you know what i mean there's really not 
So wherever you're at, you have to make sure that you are supported in multiple areas of your life. You know, you have to make sure that you're supported mentally and emotionally, in addition to athletically and in your recovery. Like there's so many ways that you need to be able to feel like you're being supported and you're going to be able to be the best version of you. Mm-hmm. 100%. Real. No, I love it, man. Thanks for, like I said, thanks for dropping these gems early on the podcast, man. <laughs> She's preaching and I'll shoot. I'm learning. So I appreciate that for sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's, let's transition to the actual interview piece. You know, I want people to really learn who Dylan Gonzalez is. I want to learn more about you. So let's start from the beginning. So based on my research, you were born in Kansas, but you were raised in Idaho. What was it like just growing up? And I, I've never been to Idaho. Bolo, I don't know if you, you've ever been. I just think about the potato. Potato, good-ass potatoes. You know good-ass I mean? fries. Okay. okay. What, what was it like, though, growing up? Is there anything to do? Is it... All right. Well, basically, when people ask me where I'm from, usually I say something like heaven. But uh, if we're going to get into the semantics, then, yes, I was born in Overland Park, Kansas, and um, ended up moving to Denver, like Collins Ranch, Colorado. And I actually lived there for like 11 years. Yeah, I was like 11, turning 12 when I then moved to Idaho. So I was at a very very confusing, impressionable age, like during like puberty and just so many changes happening internally. And then that was also reflecting a lot on the outside. So going to Idaho was quite a culture shock originally. I mean, I grew up, um, you know, in, in white America, like honestly, just to shoot the shit straight. Yeah. I, I grew up in white America. I come from a mixed background. Um, so being in Pocatello, I got to have an experience because that's where I'm from, Pocatello. That's where I grew up. Pocatello. Uh, Very small town, super, super small, Um, pretty religious. However, it's like 90% uh, Mormon or LDS. I don't know if Mm. you guys are familiar with that culture, but, you know, African-Americans weren't, uh, I believe it was within like less than a hundred years ago, like led into the church. You know what I mean? Right. So coming in and being a person coming from a mixed background, that's basically looks like I'm adopted because everybody around me is just like kind of white. And again, I have different uh, dads with my siblings and stuff like that. So right. we don't all look alike. My only full blooded sibling is my sister, my twin mm-hmm. sister. Right. Um, so again, we kind of came in and we were just like trends Uh, But then also experienced a lot of discrimination as black women and as Mm. colored women, you know, like the darker your skin, the worse the treatment. And for me, I could never like fully claim to be a black woman because just black, you know, like, oh, yeah, like I want to just mark black on the, you know, a little profile here. But there's more to it than that. So Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily authentic to me. It's not that I ever wanted to like, like push away my blackness. In fact, I'm a very, very huge advocate for black lives. Yeah. Um, I call myself and my team call me the modern day Harriet Tubman, hence the peace train foundation. Um, just, you know, love is the movement. And I got instilled with a lot of the things as like, for example, like understanding my identity of knowing that I'm the least protected and respected out here, right. not just being colored, but being too. a woman. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like that's going against me too. And everything that uh, people would just assume is a privilege, which it, it is technically speaking, also worked against me. Like even being uh, a beautiful, attract, like having these aesthetics that I have, it's a blessing and a curse because people today, they don't respect boundaries. People today, they don't really respect women, especially when it comes to like business. Right. <laughs> the conversation. But they don't respect women. So it's like for me as somebody who is a, a woman who really, really lives by her values. Like I really stand by them. I really live by them. I don't necessarily consider myself religious, but I'm definitely, definitely, definitely at the top of my game when it comes to my relationship with God and understanding like my spirituality and being Christian based, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. But again, a lot of these things were learned in this little itty bitty small town that was basically kind of like its own prison in a sense, like for somebody who's a free spirit, that's just kind of like, that was my truth. That was my reality to it. So it was kind of the story of like the small town kid wanting to like get like get out and do bigger and and better things beyond what I was, what my reality was presenting to me. Because Mm. um, even though I had a lot of support from some people, like in my town, a lot of it was just like the trends, like people, they were impressed by me um, they never respected me. And so that was where I started to kind of resent like the game and resent like my ascension into this like public eye and this space and whatever else you want to call it because of how it affected how everybody else around me treat or everybody around me treated me. And so by the time, you know, I get out of Pocatello, I get out of the small town, the children of the potatoes, um, <laughs> you know, I just had like another kind of culture shock. Cause then I end up going to Kansas again. I end up going to KU. Right. I played my first year there. And, um, to be honest with you, Kansas was not my first choice. I had kind of got pushed into it because, uh, you know, everybody wanted my sister and I to stay together. Um, Kansas was my sister's first choice. And my mom's first choice because she was an alumni there. And in fact, she's on the all-time scorers list. Yeah, I saw that. She's a legend at Kansas. Played played professionally. Like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Shout out to Miss Angie, right? Huh? I was saying shout out to Miss Angie, right? Your mom. Yeah, no, she's a baller, man. Like to this day, mama know, mama know how to play. You know, she that's why I learned from the best. And uh, for me, when I got to kind of have this eye-opening moment where it's like, wow, I get to like have this experience that my mom had and like, you know, come into this game and like change it and like do better and whatever. Right. Um, it was like, I was getting sold on all of those things. And again, like the red carpet gets laid out because you see these facilities and you see, you know, the access to stuff you're going to have and you see the kind of gear you're going to get or your living spaces mm-hmm. or whatever. And not every place comes with that stuff. Like every place is a product of its circumstances and its budget. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. You know, Facts. So it's like, yeah. so I ended up going to literally one of the, at the time the girls had been to the uh, sweet 16, like within the last couple of years that I'd been recruited there. So I was like, yeah, like we're going to go there and we're going to fucking win. And right. my recruiting class was like top five in like the nation Mm -hmm. um for us for all of us coming in so we had like a big 
big target on us because it was five of us. Like we were basically like our own little like all-star team, just like the five of us, like five, coming five, in five right. Yeah, like in. fucking <laughs> ready to shred it for the next four years, right? Right. right. Um and we had girl like, you know, like girls like like six, 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 seven, us, mm. like you know what I'm saying? So we were yeah. we were stacked. So there was really no reason that we should have shouldn't have like done major damage together. But I blame the organization and I specifically blame the head coach, Bonnie Hendrickson. And I'm name dropping her because, frankly, I still think think that she needs to be accountable for her. In my opinion, uh, disgusting actions for how she treated her players. It was modern day slavery. And she knows it. And um, if she doesn't, then I hope that she gets this message one day. And then, yeah. you know, she can come tell me sorry and we can hash things out because I'm a forgiving woman, like I said. Right. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like how she handled my sister and I when we decided to transfer, because, again, I there was just so many things going on for me personally. And I couldn't understand why I was being punished, basically. But it was because of the fact that I wasn't fully buying into her program. And I was kind of mm. like, yeah, this ain't what you sold it to be like, you know, like, yeah, no, nah, like I'm this is the kind, this is the effort that I'm going to put in to like this right here and to that right here. Mm. That's fucking crazy. I can't believe you're going to have us doing this at this time and this heat and this whatever. So it's like for me, there was only so much of the effort I could give because honestly, like my mental space was not OK at Kansas. Like I was like literally suffering from like severe depression, like at Kansas. Mm. And that's why it's like the conversation. That's why I talk about training the mind. That's why I bring up the conversation so regularly about the um, mental health issue that's going around in sports right? and just in, in life period. But like the kind of pressure that uh, entertainers or athletes are under with it. And again, I was no, you know, exception to that. I got to have that experience on my own. So I needed to be somewhere where I got a different kind of coaching. And it wasn't to say that she didn't get results. It wasn't to say that she wasn't effective because, but fear, as we all know, fear can move mountains too. Okay. Like we don't all like to see it. Okay. (laughs) Like faith ain't the only thing that can move mountains. Right. Right, So it's like, yeah, it's effective. But for me, it was not progressive and it was extremely toxic. So, uh, again, I just knew it was time for me to go. And when I and when my sister and I decided to transfer, we got treated like fucking criminals. Like I had to go up. We had to go up against like a board of like 12 people. They wouldn't allow us to do it at the same time. It was like case number this and this and case number that and that. And I was completely like blindsided by it because when we told our coach like, hey, look, we had the call, the awkward, hard conversation where I was right. like, look, this ain't for me. I'm I don't feel good here. I'm too far from my family. I need to get somewhere closer. I need to be in a healthier environment for me mentally. And frankly, I don't like how you fucking talk to me. <laughs> so I need a coach <laughs> right. that, you know, knows how to talk to me that I can mm-hmm. have a relationship with because that's right. the only way you're going to get the best out of me. Right. Real. So she's like, yeah, okay. I totally understand. Next thing I know, the next day we're up in that bitch and we're getting called case number this and case number that. And we're like having to have a lawyer and like call my mom on the phone and what? we're going in there. And yeah, they call us in one at a time, even though she told us the night before on the phone that we could go in together. 
Anyway, y'all doing all this short. just to transfer. Like, I'm, I'm not to just cut you off. That's off. crazy though. Like, nice. just to transfer. They, they got you got case numbers case and numbers. lawyers and. No, they weren't trying to let us open up our recruitment. It was it was like getting traded. Like it was like I, I felt like I was in like a the fucking NBA or some shit. Like I was like, what the fuck? Y'all aren't paying me. I could quit it any second. Like, what is this? Like, I thought my education was the more most important thing. Right. I thought this right. was all about protect the student athlete. Now I'm over here telling you I basically want to kill myself, and you want to like make it worse. You want to. And criminalize me for it that's when crazy, you guys man. were the one who created this environment for me in the first place and no matter how many times i tried to vocalize myself you didn't want to you didn't want to listen crazy it, it goes yeah, to show man. you they always they always push out this uh student athlete student first mm-hmm. it, and you know that it's a narrative that they push out but all of us are no, former true. athletes. Nah, it ain't man. the truth. You go, you nah, go to that university. It's, a it's an agenda, hundred percent. Thank you, amen to that. Because once you go going to those schools, all that recruiting BS they told you before, they don't give a fuck about they you. A they don't give a fuck capping. about you if you're not on their agenda. If you're not willing to be the monkey in their circus and get trained like one, then it ain't gonna work out for you like how you wanted to. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some people like again. There are some gems, right? Like even. Like Bill Self, right? Like yeah. him and C- Curtis Townsend. Like I really enjoyed the culture that he created, like for the men. But right. that was a completely other fucking world, okay? Like mm-hmm. we were not, even though we were right there with each other, it was not the same experience. Like we were living, yeah. it was like, I'd say loving basketball, but it was more like hell in basketball. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. it was, I'm blessed and cursed because- of my personal experience, but the blessing that came out of it was getting to be in a winning culture, getting to be in a winning environment, seeing what it takes, and then essentially trying to take that to my next school, which was UNLV. And they had actually offered my sister and I back when we were in like eighth grade, they were like one of the first offers. And for me, I just had such a, or I thought I had such a personal connection and relationship. I felt I could trust the coach. And for me, one of the biggest things in getting recruited was that trust factor. Like right. I had to be able to trust that you were going to like get the best out of me. I mm-hmm. had to be able to trust that you were going to listen to me too. It wasn't just going to be some dictating relationship. Like you were going to let me be my best and let me play my game and, and let me have my style and let me, you know, be great basically. <laughs> right. like, let me be fucking great. <laughs> right. And, I mean, there was shit because like because of how much popularity my sister and I acquired, it was nothing but fucking issues, man. Nothing but issues. Like, again, even in high school, I couldn't do shit like we, we were not allowed. Rules were made because of the fact that my sister and I would do shit like wear Under Armour shit under our jerseys. And we mm. wanted to have insulation like gear under us or like right. wear leggings or whatever. Like shit that kids do today. That's like, oh, yeah, that's that's like encouraged. It's like, oh, yeah, that's fashion. That's this. I was literally getting punished for like I would be having to come off the bench. I would lose my eligibility. I would like it was crazy. I was constantly, constantly, constantly getting punished because I always saw myself as more than an athlete. Right. And so whenever I tried to like, you know, again, like be great. Mm-hmm. It was like, nah, fam. And it even got vocalized like, yeah, no, like you already stand out enough. Like we don't want you to stand out more than you already do. And I was like, that's crazy. Like, nice. and Bolo, feel free to jump in as well. I'm just trying to think through. It's like, you're getting punished for nothing. Like, it's not Bruh. your fault that your following got big. It's not your fault that people want to know what. It's doing me. You're doing you. Yeah, your following just grew. 
Like, you know, you had, and we'll talk, you know, I'll ask you about this. I think Drake came and watched you and your sister play, like, oh, in yeah, college. Still, look, Drake is still a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> and we going to talk about the Johnson Drizzy. still show up to the games. Yes. And, and, and that's you. Real quick, not to switch gears real quick, but I'm trying to take myself back to, like, college version of Darnell. Be real. Like, college version of Dylan. What was that like having somebody like Drake come watch you play? Like, how, how Man, did that feel? look, at the time, it's so funny because it was just, like, so surreal, you know? Right, like, it was right. like, is this really happening? And also, kind of like how I said, like, you, there's a certain desensitizing that, like, you go through. Mm-hmm. Because of the fact that, like, I was just, like, in my own little world so much, like, depressed about the fact that, like, I wasn't getting my way, basically. Right. And, like, I wasn't able to be great and don't get me wrong I, I don't want people to get the impression that like i fucking hated everybody and everything was completely terrible however this was like my truth from it like right. this was my experience so as much as i wish i could be like yeah i love my coach and i love this and i love that it's like yeah if i saw her today i'd probably turn the other way and walk away you know so it's just <laughs> like right, i just real. like to keep shit fucking real you know i, I, I like that. to be very authentic to that so even when drake again at that time i'm Still the same motherfucking Dylan. And <laughs> I was just so wrapped up in my own little world. Like, again, like not being able to like really go off like I knew I was capable of because mm-hmm. even another thing I had a hard time with, my coach kept changing my position. Like, I was like, I'm a shooter. This is what I do. Like, this is what the fuck you brought me here to do. And she goes, yeah, but we want to try you in the post. We want you to play the four. We're going to have you swing the ball and we're going to have you do this. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, that's not what you brought me here to do. Like, I'm not trying to complain about your program, lady, but you didn't recruit me to play the motherfucking four. Right. Shoot or shoot. Shoot that motherfucker. Shoot or shoot. So I was like, you know, at the time in college, I was looking at it like, ah, like now I'm looking back at it like it was a a great learning lesson because I got to expand in my game so much, you know, and and really become a point forward. And like mm-hmm. today, my game, I'm so much better for it from all those lessons, from all that footwork, from the different shot selections and the fields and all. Basically, everything that I had to do in college, basically like what I call the concentration camp. But, mm. you know, like I said, it was effective. So everything that I had to do, like learning those positions allowed me to just, again, become a better player. Not only mm-hmm. do I know how to um, well, basically play anything on offense, but also I can defend anywhere. You know, and I understand like the footwork. I understand the kind of like body that I can give somebody without it being a foul. I can understand how to position myself differently or how to stay in front of somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, I can play with my I can play with the my back to the basket or I can play face up or shit. Maybe I'll do a little a little twirl. You can do it all. Like like, like we said on the intro. Take a euro to London. You got the left, you got the right. What you want? What you want? What you want from the deal, yeah, man? What, what you, you want? want. How you want it? How you want it? I got it. So, so yeah, it allowed me to, to expand like so, 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 so much. But again, at that time, when you're looking at that developmental process, like mm-hmm. you say, the journey of how you get somewhere, of how you right. achieve the success, you know, and when I'm when I'm not looking at it from that perspective, living it presently, I just couldn't ever perform to the level that I knew I was capable. So most of the time when like Drake was coming or whoever was in the fucking stands, like it honestly didn't matter who was in the stands. Like we had 
hella people show up. It wasn't like just Drake. He kind of started to set the bar. That's why right. I'm grateful because he kind of uh-huh. put me on in the sense of like, you know, he him him putting his attention on us was like, yo, you know, your favorite rapper is my biggest fan. And then the next right. thing you know, it just like started this trend of like, yo, if Drake is looking into these guys, there must be something cool about them. Mm-hmm. So again, it right. allowed uh, a certain level of access he was putting us on a platform that i don't know if he realized he was doing i definitely didn't realize was like happening because right. again it's just the way that the culture chose to respond to it right but yeah for me as much as i wish i could have been like enjoying the moments more of like wow this is so cool with the culture i was like man i fucking sucked i played like shit <laughs> i did this i did that and everybody was here watching it so like for me i was mostly having these episodes and then i'd have to go uh, creatively express myself to outlet it all. <laughs> but that's that's the that's the athlete in you though. Like I feel like a lot of people, you know, you think about people who are in the NFL, NBA, like Kobe Bryant, like it's like tunnel vision. You like yourself in. Like I don't care if Barack Obama was watching me. At that point, when I'm in, you know, in the game and I'm working on my craft, like don't nothing else matter. You know, I'll look right, at it right, afterwards right. and be like, damn. Shit, like, I can't afford to focus on the fans right now. You feel man? me? Right. I got my own <laughs> shit going on. I got, <laughs> I, got, I, got to, I got to put on the show. I got to. I got to I eat. Gotta win. I, got to, I got to not just win, but I got to also put on a show like I'm dealing with Gonzalez. Right. You know, like everybody has these expectations of me and I have even higher expectations. Right. Man, I could imagine playing under under that microscope. Me and Bolo, man, we both played at Ball State. I don't know if you even heard of Ball State, man. Shout out to the I Mac. I have, actually. Okay, church, 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 church. I like Martin, it. Indiana. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> A little musty. So, you know, we played, we play, you know, we played our, our, our fair share of the sport, but nowhere near of the spotlight that, that you and your sister had on yourself. So, no, nah, I can only imagine, though. So, Bolo, jump yeah, in. Man, I know you had a question. Special. Yeah, so... Dylan, I had a question for you. Um, let's talk about UNLV. So you transferred, you made that transition. Before we talk about basketball, I was always curious about the campus of UNLV, seeing that it was mm. right down the street from the strip, right? So obviously you you had experiences at different colleges where you were like, okay, this is what the college culture, this is what the campus is like. I guess, what was the UN, UNLV campus like? Was it a situation where people were like, fuck it, we hitting the strip? Or was it people really on campus like kicking it? You know, to be honest with you, there really is no college culture uh, Mm. at UNLV. Mm. So that was kind of another one of the culture shocks of like going from somewhere, you know, Kansas. Right. Kind of the middle of nowhere. Very so much history there. You got the fraternities and the sororities and this like college culture is alive and well. Then you have. UNLV, which is a commuter college. And again, that wasn't even really something that I had understood going into the college. So I was kind of like, what does that mean? And it basically just means like you have literally people from all over constantly coming like in and out of the school because sometimes they'll just maybe take one class and you just have such a variety of people Mm. out here and people from all different ages and whatever else, you know, like UNLV don't discriminate. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) So it's like anybody can have an opportunity to like come and be great. It's, it's, it's a, that's why we're called the rebels. You know Mm. what I'm saying? Mm. Like go against the odds, like, you know, be a fucking rebel, like, you know? So for me, being on a campus that it was like two, one of two things, actually for me, Cause I can't relate to like just the singular student, you know, cause I had a, a student athlete experience. And right, right. when it came to that, I was very folk, like 
don't get me wrong. I was focused on like my musical career and aspirations too. And I'd pull up to the right things that like involved that, that I felt like were going to be progressive or hell. They just sounded fun enough to go to. Right. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, like I was like pretty much always in Dylan's world. Like I would never really go too far outside of my reach. I definitely didn't trust anybody ever. Like I said, so it's like, I wasn't just about to step outside for no reason or nobody. Like I, somebody had to give me a good reason for them to be in my presence. Hey, me and Bolo, we feel special right now. Then knowing that the fact that you even on the zoom with us is like, damn, okay. We doing something right. It's everything. We appreciate the time. (laughs) (laughs) But for me, it was like, you know, don't get me wrong. I had like a couple random ass like parties. Like I'll never forget. Like, pulling up to like this Justin Bieber birthday party that I honestly, I think that me and my teammates were there at like the penthouse for maybe like 15 to 20 minutes before we were like, it's time to go because there was just so many things that we couldn't like get involved in. Like, right. you know, uh, like, I can only imagine. <laughs> wait, wait, time out, time out, time out. Time out that we were like, yo, if people even knew we were here right now, we're getting kicked out of school. You know, so it was like we really could not afford to like have a nightlife or to go on the strip or to do any of these things because it was like serious, like your life is on the line. Like, are you really going to give up everything? And then again, plus my family, like I couldn't let them down. I couldn't like disappoint them, like out here being reckless, being stupid when I was the one who already technically made this big fuck up in the world. Let me know it by transferring, transferring here in the first place. So let me not like even try to figure out what the nightlife is like. Cause yeah, it's pretty black and white. It's either like, you know, and you're from here and you have a community of people that you like know the right places to go and can kind of move around and, and have like the Vegas, uh the underground vegas experience you know what i mean mm. and then there's like the strip experience yeah like yeah. what they, what vegas is reputable for you know like sin city and this and that yeah. and then there was school <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you know it's like the athlete the you know nightlife and then school so it's parts. like trying to juggle all those things is crazy enough as it is. So for me, again, it was always very black and white. It was like, you're either like focused and in school and kind of, you know, doing what you got to do over here, or you're like kind of on a different time that I have demon time that I'm not ready for and probably may never be. And <laughs> hold on, dear, hold on. You've been in Vegas for a minute. I'm sure every now and then you deal with it and dabble in some demon time activities. Yeah, I'm about to say, like, keep it. This is the porch now. You, we ain't gonna judge. Keep it a buck. You gotta keep I, it a oh, buck. Oh, hell, deal with it now. Listen, I am the party. You know, like I now. am. I am not just the one. Mm. The one one. Ooh, <laughs> that's two. Oh, the one one. I'm I didn't even one see the one one, one owner. I didn't see the one one owner. Fuck y'all talking about one one. Hey, with your chest. With so, your chest. you know, it's like it's like being one of one, you know, I love it. like I love times it. two, though. So I that's why it. I call myself the best 11 ever. Matriarch shit. Uh, but, <laughs> but <laughs> you, you yeah, already so know the deal. You know I the deal. Yeah. Experience demon time, but that's also how I knew like demon time was not for me. Because again, like don't get me wrong, I looked the part, right? So yeah, 
I looked the part and I also made it very clear when I was graduating from UNLV, which I did a year early. I got my degree. My sister and I, we both got our degrees a year early. Thank you. Love it. I love it. We didn't take our last year of eligibility to play, which was like a big fucking deal. Like, again, the culture didn't make it that big of a deal because I don't think that, again, like the NCAA and everybody's agenda is mm-hmm. so fucked up. Wanted to make it a big deal and wanted it to, wanted it to seem like, you know, they were um, a part of the problem basically right like obviously we're coming out saying this is why we can't come back like this is why i can't keep doing this so why is anybody gonna like allow that fucking forest fire to like you know what i mean so nobody even when that was even happening it was buzzing for a little bit but again like the conversation never really got to the magnitude like if this was happening to an athlete today that it would get to like, can, can, well, can you explain real quick? Because like I, I've read up on, I know Bolo read up on it, but everyone doesn't know like why you and your sister decided to, you know, yeah. forego that last year. Explain that real quick, like what happened that last year and what led to your decision. So basically, um, you know, one of the reasons why I had come to UNLV was for the fact that like I knew I wanted to sing and I wanted to be in entertainment, um, and I didn't necessarily want to be in LA. Um, mm-hmm. because again, I just know myself in the culture there. It was just too fake, like dead mm-hmm. ass. Like everybody's a, a poster boy or girl. Everybody's trying to be somebody or nobody just like really is. And don't get me wrong. There are those communities underground that you can find that are those diamonds, like, you know, in the fucking hidden temples, <laughs> right. but ultimately, uh, most of the culture out there is like, and I didn't want to become like another product of that. Mm-hmm. So being close enough to Vegas. And again, it was just like meant to be, like I said. So what had happened was as I continued and my sister, both of us, as we continued to pursue our careers simultaneously, because again, we were told that we would be supported in doing that mm-hmm. when we were going. So we were like, okay, well, other players like girls had jobs on my team, you know, Mm -hmm. like they were working. Like, it's not like it was just school and basketball and everything's taken care of. Like, no, like our stipend didn't like always pay the bills, you know, because we didn't have like we didn't have places where they like put us up and covered our housing. No, we had to go and like grow the fuck up and figure that shit out ourselves and learn how to pay rent and learn how to get uh, the energy bill involved and learn how to do this and learn how to do that. Like we had to learn all that stuff like like very quickly because that's all that was available out here. And Again, all of that stuff as I continued to go down that journey, like helped me to become like what I call the walking fortune 500 company. It helped me to learn all of the valuable lessons, even in business that I learned today. But unfortunately, while we were playing, like that support that was initially introduced to us, sold to us, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, was really like not there. But the other thing that was so difficult was we were living based off an ancient set of rules. Mm -hmm. There had been nobody, there had been no case where anybody had really come in and changed the game and changed the system, especially during the times. Like it was such a transitional time in technology, social media, basketball. There were so many things happening at that time 
we were having to live based on these ancient set of rules. And it was like every time that something even came close to being within the parameters of what that rule could potentially umbrella, we would get shut down for it. Whether it was me like, oh, one of the things I'll never forget, um, my sister and I, we were trying to go around and start like singing at like, like to get on the local uh, radar. So we wanted to like go to different like, um, little clubs or little yeah. events or little whatever. Cause like Vegas pretty much has anything that you're like anything. looking for. So even in with, even within what we were comfortable with, like that was available to, for us to do. So I basically, my sister and I, we basically started managing ourselves and we were just like, we can, you know, like we can do this. Like simple as a conversation, mm-hmm. bing, bam, boom. Yep. And at the time money wasn't involved because of the fact that we knew that if we went out and our image and our likeness was used, because that was the biggest thing that if money was involved, that we would lose our eligibility and like probably not be able to play for the rest of the year. And because of the transfer rules, we already had to sit out for a year. Right. Right. So during that year that we were sitting out was really when we got to like, you know, train, but ultimately really start to look at what options after college are going to look like. You know, like we're in our second year of college now. I'm technically halfway through. So right. we started looking at, you know, where we wanted to take our life. And it was kind of like everybody had this expectation of us going to the WNBA because that's what a guy would do. He would go play in the NBA. But the WNBA, if you're a, a business person and I'm a businesswoman, right. mm-hmm. um, is not a wasn't a smart business move for me. And mm. I say that because even though I could have, you know, Michael Jordan, that shit or, or Shabron James did. Right. Um, not just from like my skills, but the fact that I have what like you can't recreate like God did this. I have a fucking twin. We're bad as hell. We're skilled and we're real life. Right. Like we, it's not just on paper. It's not we're not just talking about it. Like we'll pull up and we'll put up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and we do it on both ends of the court too. Right. And in any avenue or arena. Lockdown. Yeah, lock so your like, ass up, shooting your face. Lockdown. You know? So it's like, <laughs> come on. And like, and then, you know, it's just like we got, we had our own style. We have, a, we have our own style. We have all these elements that literally it's like a, a, a marketing dream. Right. And that's what sells the dollars. And that's where the WNBA lacks a lot is the fact that they don't market players properly. I also think their selection of players of who they choose to market is interesting. Um, No shade, no shade. Just keeping it real Um, on the porch. (laughs) Yeah. Like no shade. I mean like shit, I know these ladies are going to hear it. A lot of them already feel a type of way about me, Mm -hmm. but the difference between me and them is I don't envy them. Mm. So um, when it come, when it came to like, again, the comp, like thinking about going to the WNBA, it was just like, look, there's a lot of fucking talent there. And I could go and basically do modern day slavery number two. And I can be out here and I can basically help to make this league and break my back doing it and never get the credit I deserve and never get the fucking coins that I deserve and basically never get the respect I deserve either. Right. So when it comes to not just being a businesswoman, but like a logical thinker, the logic doesn't exactly add up for me there. So I always felt like if I wasn't going to be able to like come into a situation with the league where we were able to negotiate terms that I felt like it would make it worth pursuing, then I was going to have to be bigger than the league and shit on them and make my own team. Mm. 
Got you. Hey, ownership. Ownership. I love it. I, I mean, it. people don't even know it takes less than a million dollars to start a 15 player roster. And I already got that. So now I'm just continuing Ooh. to refine my front office and my branding and my jerseys, like I said. So, yeah, That's I mean, dope. I decided to work smarter, not harder. Like all the all those people that were showing me love at one point, they stopped showing me love the second that again, like I didn't uh pursue their expectations and it, was, I it wasn't real it was wasn't real deal yep it wasn't real in the first place yeah it wasn't real yeah. so like for me it was just kind of like all right well thank you but fuck you and you can just get added to the ops list of people that you know i'm gonna have to shit on if that's really what it is because <laughs> i that. take everything personally 100 100 so, no, i love it yeah i love that's it how, again like people don't really get it because again like all those rules like they don't understand like the nights that I was really like crying. Like I, like I was like losing my life, you know, they don't understand the kind of control that like these things had over my life and over my sister's life. People don't understand. Like when I say things like free, like hashtag free dad, which is our acronym for Dylan Dakota, like that's like a serious thing. Like people like all these rules and all this stuff, like nobody just wanted us to be great. And that's why, again, when it came to being a creative and why when it comes to my branding and like my official like Fortune 500 company, Dylan Gonzalez, you know, the Dill Unlimited is the artist, the athlete and the activist. Like we mm. round it out right there. But the artist starts it off because I'm a creative first. Like even mm. when I w- was on the court, I was constantly living in my own little creative world, doing different things. Like when I fell in love with the ball, it was just me, the ball and the hoop. Mm-hmm. And I'd be out All with my right. music and dancing and putting doing things I didn't know I was capable of doing. And the next thing I know, somebody wanted to come and try to stop me. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, can I try. you can try. <laughs> I know better now from a challenge. So I love a challenge. You know, I love, I love I love making myself better and you know, uh making fools of people. I flex for a living. <laughs> Yeah. Talk <laughs> your shit. That's what that's Talk what it your, is. She on the porch. I love. It. Hey, one of these days below, we might have to pull up to Vegas and do a a quick one on one, a game of horse. Hell yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm from Indiana, so you know we invented basketball. So I used to wait, go up, wait, 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 wait. Time out, time out. So Dylan, Dylan, real quick. All right, ah. so I'm originally from Chicago, right? So hey, this is a you're, you're non biased, okay? So I want you to yeah. answer this question. Keep it real, Dylan. Who, who produces the best hoopers? Chicago or so, and and plus people. People always say Chicago. Let's say Illinois, all okay. right, because Illinois state. has a lot more players than just Chicago. Illinois or Indiana, who produces the best hoopers? Think about it. We got D Wade. We got Larry Bird, Oscar Robertson. Stop playing with me. Oh my gosh. Listen, if I'm looking at on like Dylan's scale, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm also incorporating like one of the one of the big things for me was like how like lit can you ball like not just how effective can you be not yeah, just like saying. what kind of numbers you put on the board but like how easy I, can you make it look how wide like you make this. it look how fucking you know swaggy say what what's your style what are you partial to and when it comes to like the sauce and who who I would say I'm partial to. Talk to me. I would, I would probably have to go with Chicago. Gang, gang, gang. <laughs> Listen, the, the, the sauce, you heard she said, the sorry, sauce don't mean you better. I the, do agree. My bro. I do agree that Hello. when it comes, I know it's, I know, but I do agree that like, 
man. Mm. Eric Gordon, true. like basketball, Mike Conley, out of there. But again, when it can't, when it comes to like, it's like food. You know, it's like when I have to pick a, what's your favorite food? Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I look at it. Dylan, because tell them, look, everybody can cook fried chicken, but it takes a certain person to make that fried chicken. How yeah, you going, it's right? just different. Come on like, now, it's man. Like, don't be wrong. Like, I call myself, whenever, one of my bars, well, I call myself a lot of things, <clears throat> but one of my <laughs> bars and, like, a line that I did was, like, talking some shit to the birds, and I said, you know, you're like bird in the cage. You're like a bird in a cage. I'm like bird in the garden. You know, so it's so hard when you understand where certain legends come from. And again, like I continue to have their influence so much on me that I continue to still use them as references for stuff. So (laughs) just know it was a very I can't do that with my shit. Make it easy. (laughs) Nah, I love it though, man. It's all right. Hey, listen, her best one of her best bars came from an Indiana legend. So I mean, I'll take that. Y'all can have a sauce. We one got the my, bar. Yes, one of my favorite, I'll say. One of my one, favorite. One bars. of them. Yes, one of them. Yes. And speaking of bars, I definitely want to t- talk uh, touch on your music, obviously. Um, I know earlier this year, correct me if I'm wrong, you released a song called Diamonds back in October. Hey. That's fire. I want to know, I mean, can we expect some new music to drop next year? Is it something you can tell us? Talk about talk about your Hell music. Yeah, listen, we're on the porch, gentlemen. Come and on now. I'm at liberty to pretty much say whatever the fuck I want because I work for me. Yes. I'm the motherfucker <laughs> that these guys don't want to see. Because <clears throat> they also work for me. Ooh. Even if they don't know it yet. Ooh. Self-made. <sighs> yeah, so you got you some know. music drop in 2022, <laughs> then you know the deal, man. Hold on real quick, because I because I pulled up. Hold on. <laughs> You know, you know, you know. Ooh. Hey. Hey. Ooh. Yeah. 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 Hey. Hold on. I'm lit right now. I'm lit. Fly. <laughs> fly. I'm so fly. Where am I so low? Oh, that's that's a hit we deal. We gotta get you a solo. We gotta get you a solo. That's a hit deal. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, tur- I turned that shit on. I was like, oh, I just wanted to, I just wanted to vibe to that. Like, I ain't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, man, our Q happy dance. <laughs> yeah, no, yes. Now we love no, it, man. man. People, man, it's true what they say about the music industry, like. After leaving and deciding to like pursue it, like yo, I'm giving this my 100% effort. I'm give, I'm no regrets in this motherfucker. Because again, I kind of had that experience in college. Like I felt like I had just made all these regrets, and I was always constantly under this pressure. And one of my again, like life mottos that came out of that <laughs> that will go in my book. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but for real, one of my life mottos that came out of that was all I know is pressure. Mm. And then I could relate to diamonds because diamonds are made under pressure and diamonds are forever. So ultimately, Mm. again, like the the journey that it took to get diamonds done, to get it released. Diamonds was actually a freestyle. Most of what I do is freestyles I because I started in spoken word poetry. So I can pretty much just do anything right off the bat. It comes to my head like putting on a hat like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's cold so, 
Yeah. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Um, Of course. So, but like, you know, like literally speaking about it, um, man, it was tedious, like just to, to get it out there because the music industry is the most like, man, just notoriously tedious, gruesome game. Mm. You know, it's like, I've been in a lot of arenas Mm -hmm. and I've competed in a lot of games. Mm -hmm. I love games. Right. But it's really all fun and games until I start playing and it has to start getting like serious. And it's like, oh, no, motherfuckers, it's kill time. It's demon time. (laughs) Right. Because, man, like, again, being a woman, too, in the industry, it's like motherfuckers just try you if you're not like fucking somebody or fucking somebody that knows somebody or if you just refuse to even like pursue some kind of like you know that certain dynamics like sexual dynamic even in just like the conversation or flirtiness or whatever like if you refuse that um you pretty much just get like blacklisted yeah or if you are um how do i say this if you're not willing to be a part of an agenda for like a bigger monopoly so those are kind of like your options <laughs> as a woman. And it sucks because, again, it's like I see all these stars, even people that like I kind of started out with. And a lot of people don't know. Uh, I signed a five album music deal in a group with my sister with Universal Music. Oh, and nice. that wasn't some, like that's fucking the major leagues, baby. Right. Like people <laughs> don't just wake up and get that. Just like I would say, people don't just wake up. And get a basketball scholarship. You don't get a D1 right. scholarship. You just get a D1 scholarship. You don't like you have to qualify. Right. Even academic, even academically. You know, so when it came to the musical side of things, we we signed the deal literally right before the pandemic. It was June 11th, hey, mm-hmm. 2019. Hey. <laughs> and uh at first it felt like a very similar feeling, but on another level to when I had signed um my well letter of intent right and man it was like i made it i did it ah but then once i actually started to kind of be introduced like once i was in the door it was like you gained this access you were a part of it was like playing with the big boys you know like you got to understand the game you started to learn the lingo you started to know who was who what was what And kind of how everything operated and like how shit got done. Mm -hmm. The thing is, it's also dependent on like the individual and then also individuals that come together and get on the same page. But because everybody in the entertainment, Hollywood music side of things is kind of always on their own agenda. It's really, really fucking hard to like get shit out, get it out on time you know, everybody's a fucking diva. Everybody wants their name on something. Everybody mm. wants their fucking praise for something. Everybody wants more money than they're worth. Like everybody wants something. So mm-hmm. for me, I was like, I can only work with people that are willing to like give me their 100% effort and that are on the same page. And we're like building it. We're partners, you know, it's mm-hmm. a team. Like we're right. building this together. And initially I thought Universal and everybody at that space was the ones there. But then again, just some really ugly truth started to get revealed about the industry and the people that I was involved with and all this stuff that like I could not continue to to be a part of. 
I could not continue to let my legacy touch or to be touched by, you know what I'm saying? Like there was just stuff that I was like, yo, like, I don't agree with this. Also, I can't believe this just happened to me. And, um, I'm probably going to be like dead before 30 at this rate, just based (laughs) off of how this business actually gets conducted. So Mm. let me just dip up out of here before I either die or kill somebody. Mm. That's real. So, for real. Right. <laughs> you got to protect your peace, man. At the end yeah, of the day, so your sanity, just all that. Yeah. Bro. 100%. Facts. Nah. nah, so by the end of, like, I think 20, well, was it the end of 2020? I want to say it was a full year. Uh, And by the end of, like, 2020, I basically went through a divorce. Like, I pretty much lasted a year in that marriage. Um, and I think one of the most eye-opening things for me and where I really was like, y'all know, like I'm committed like to this life, like I'm in, like I'm in the Mm -hmm. life now because, oh man, it's like so crazy to even like still talk about, but basically, um, when I was getting signed, I was dealing with the same people under universal, even though like my sister and I, we were at the center of universal, which is like a good thing and a bad thing. Cause it also is kind of like, you're just in the middle of everything and everyone. And there's right. a lot going on like mm-hmm. movies and this and actors and that. And that. So it's kind of like, ah, like you really got to stand out and like yeah. have a strong team around you. <laughs> right, right. Right. So basically we signed with the same people um, in the same company as pop smoke. Got you. R.I.P. Yes, R.I.P. Um, so basically, we signed, and not too long after, like it was all official, and we go, we have this big meeting in New York, and like do all this stuff because again, my sister and I were signing the group as dad, Dylan Dakota, and we get to meet Pop Smoke. I believe in LA, probably a couple weeks after the signing. And it was like, again, like he was just up and on the rise and um, like, welcome to the party was like going fucking crazy. He was getting ready to like, continue to just fire all this stuff out. So obviously the dudes were signers were like, yo, we got to like, have you guys do some music together. Like, you know, simple math. Right. So a lot of people don't know, like today, if you're not really in the music industry, you don't know, like most people who do songs together are like not in the rooms together. They Mm -hmm. pretty much will just like send a song that has an open verse on it. And then another person will receive it somewhere and put their vocals on it and then get it mixed and mastered and put out to the world. Some of these people don't even have relationships with each other. They don't know each other until the day they meet for like the video. (laughs) Right. Right. Like that's how like some of that shit goes. But to me, it was extreme. Like relationships are extremely important to me because I only deal with quality people and I only deal with like real motherfuckers and really talented people. Like there's a lot of catfish out here today and there's a lot of people who are all hype, you know? So for me, it's like, nah, like you either are like a quality person that I genuinely enjoy and can Mm -hmm. genuinely like basically be in a form of a marriage with, because at the end of the day, once we put something out together, like we're locked in for life. Like this will always be something we did. We can't right. undo it. So, and again, like that's shit that matters to me. I want to find out, you know, 
a year, three, four years later, they're like, you know, you're some fucking serial killer or some crazy shit, (laughs) you know? And then I'm like having to answer these questions and I'm like, I didn't know. And then people are like, I thought you cared about the people that you're around. And I'm like, dude, I don't know how to answer this anymore. I'm going to play the fifth. I'm going to play the fifth. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) So it's like, you know, I don't want to have to be in those positions. You know, I really try to forward think about that. And when it came to pop, like he really was like authentic to who the fuck he was. And I was like, yo, like this guy's like a real star. Like it's not just, oh, these numbers are going up and going crazy. And, oh, it's not, he's just the hype for the now. And this, like, no, like he really was that. He really had it like that. But what was unfortunate was, again, he was kind of like what I call a, a victim of his circumstances because he didn't really have the proper guidance to educate himself enough to know how to like protect himself from the people that wanted to harm him Mm. and that wanted to hurt him and that could like find him and have access to him. You know what I'm saying? So like to instill a different kind of like to have a different kind of a culture instilled into him um, again, just to have that awareness was like lacking, but he was also very young. Like he was like fresh off 20, you know, when he, got killed so it's Man. just you know what do you do again it's like, of the circumstances but like what people dish. don't know is is that right after we had made our song together we had this big moment it's called so for real and i'm still like a fucking pioneer pushing and fighting for that shit that's just gonna see the light of day and i'm gonna be one of the actually i am the one that's yeah. gonna make it happen because everybody else that was originally on board i don't really know where the hell they at it's so, gonna happen. You, um, you it's just gonna spoke it. Happen. It's gonna happen. Oh, it deserves it. Like, there it and, is. and again, people don't know what pop smoke means to me. Like, the reason why, well, I won't say the reason why, because I don't really want to have to like publicly take on that kind of responsibility, if I'm being honest. But one of the reasons why he was in LA the night that he was murdered was mm-hmm. because him and my sister and I and our team. We're all going to be in L.A. for that week recording. Mm. And the night like he had DM'd me that night that he got into town because like we didn't have numbers or anything like that. Like right. we we vibed, we met, we made music and then we both just went off with our teams. And we were like, yeah, man, that shit was lit. Like, let's do another. Pro- let's do a fucking project or something together. Right. right. So then again, boom, a couple weeks later, he's back in L.A. I'm in L.A. with my mother and my sister. <clears throat> And we actually were pitching a TV show to like, I think not, maybe not universal, like Showtime or like ABC family or something like that. A big network. Yeah. We were pitching a TV show and pop gets in that night that I had, like we got in the day he gets in that night. He hits me on my DM and he was like, Hey, yo, like pull up um, to the crib. Like let's vibe, let's whatever. Um, you know, like, I'm so excited. Like, basically, like, I'm so excited to kick it with you, shawty, or, like, whatever. Yeah. He said. I don't really remember, like, that detail of it, but it was something very pop smoked. Right. And I was just like, man, like, I wish I could come, but, like, I got to get up early in the morning. I got, you know, a show I got to pitch, but I'm going to see you in the studio, like, this week. And I can't wait, right? Right. And then he had sent, sent me something back, and he was just like, like, yeah, like, see you or something. Uh, light and I really didn't reply because I was just kind of like I'm you know okay cool like he gets the picture I'm seeing tomorrow right right and then damn yeah and then my next thing I know I'm waking up 
my friend's hitting me and she's like, yo, um, Pop Smoke just got killed. And I was like, damn, like, don't play, man. Like, that's just not funny. I was like, I was just talking to him. Like, I'm going to see him probably tonight at the studio. Like, ha ha. And then I go online. She's like sending me all this stuff. She's like, no, fam, like it's, it's real. And like to be so close to that and don't get me wrong. I, I I've experienced death and loss in my lifetime, Right. but it was such like, it was like my soul, like kind of let my body felt like an empty shell. And it was like, I was consciously aware of all this stuff that was like happening around me, but I was not sure how to process it at all. I was like, what kind of sign from God is this? Like, I was supposed to be there. Like I could have, you could have been there. I could have been there. You know, like I could have been right there with him. That could be me. I could be the one that's the fucking headline of Dylan Gonzalez gets shot in her head and killed by a crazy person who wanted shoes or whatever. Right. Yeah. You know, like that could have been me. And when I really had that like reality check, I guess we'll call it everything changed. The game changed. It was like, Oh, I get why this is a different game here in the industry. Like this is life and death. And when I got into like that demon time of like, oh no, I'm not playing with none of you niggas. I, I'm so serious right now. It's either like mm-hmm. we're doing business or we're this. And if you want to disrespect me, just know I can get disrespectful too. And uh, I want you to know around these parts, I'm the motherfucking law. Okay. Okay. All right. Got to. All right. You got to put, you got to put your foot down. Cause if you don't, people will walk all over you. They just won't respect you. Yeah. In you general, especially being a woman. You. Yeah. <laughs> you teach people how to treat you. So I say do no harm. But take no shit. That's Amen real. to that, man. Well, That's nah. Appreciate, definitely appreciate that. So, um, man, yes. Shit. Man. We always like to, so, you know, we're, we're headed towards the end of the podcast. We always like to end each podcast on, like, more of a lighter note. So, we got some real quick hitters where we just ask you, like, a random Somebody. question. You give a response. Maybe, like, a, you know, one line or two liner of, of why. And then we go we go straight straight from there. So, uh, yeah. the, the game we're going to play is called just Would You Rather. So, the first question is, <laughs> Would you rather win a WNBA championship or win a Grammy? Man, that is tough. Tough one. That's a tough one. (laughs) Put that pressure on the bolo. She don't know what to do. I want it all. (laughs) You said pressure, Diamond. Hey, I'm putting that pressure on. You like pressure. (laughs) I do. All right. So I guess here's how I'll answer this. Um, (laughs) I personally think I think Come on, come on, go with your heart. I think for this, I'm going to have to say I think for this moment, like where I'm at in my life right now in particular I'd have to say a Grammy. Because that's what I've been like, again, like I said, I've been so committed to this life. So it's like I definitely see WNBA championships in my (laughs) future. But when it comes to like, what would I rather? I'm going to have to go to the Grammy right now because that's where I'm committed. Got you. (laughs) Real. I love it. I love it. Okay, I'm going to do one more bolo and then you can jump in. It's a bet. So this next one's more. It's just a fun one. This is whatever. 
So as a woman, as a woman who, like you said, attractive woman, you probably got a thousand dudes in your DM, people hitting you up, whatever. So would you rather date a middle-class man who's amazing in bed or a billionaire who's horrible in bed? Which one would you pick? Oh my goodness. What? I'm going with the middle-class man. <laughs> okay. Like, tell him, you your own boss. You your right. own listen, boss. Listen, yeah, look, money ain't a thing. Money's a material. I could burn that shit. I could eat it. I could shit it out. So at the end of the day, I want the intangibles. You know what I'm saying? I want something that like you, like money can't buy. So right, it's right. like, there are certain things it's like, yo, you can have all the money in the world, but like, if you don't have like the other qualities that I need, <laughs> then you ain't qualified for me. You ain't qualified. <laughs> she, said, she said the other qualities. I'm like, the, 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 look, the I qualities. Money. I could teach my nigga how to get money if it was really that serious. All oh, he has man. to do is invest in me, okay? Ooh, if he invests in me and he decides to put his trust into this, then he's going to have trust funds for all our kids. Okay. But you, hey, but your man gotta put down in that bedroom though. We can't we can't Listen, be playing around. He has to, he has to, because otherwise, don't get me wrong. I really, really, really fucking enjoy being like the dominant party, right? Mm, okay. But if a man cannot put me in my place, I cannot respect him. I respect that. You need you need a man. So it's almost like a man. You an independent, dominant woman. You need a man who can handle that and more. You know, I need a man that can mm. make me shut up. That right. will make me Girl, go like, sit down. <laughs> Grab you by your own a little bit. Hey, 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 deal. Hey, I got this. <laughs> go sit over there. I got this. <laughs> so, hey, you can, you know, I will be like, oh, okay. okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> I got See, you. In the end, though, in the end. So, hey, all the men out there, listen, if you if you thinking about shooting your shot, if you got any chance. Come correct. Come, co- come correct. Come correct. It's it. all about the respect, man. Come correct. And then it's also like, I'm hard to get. I, I'm not just talking shit. Like, right. I really am. So a lot of dudes, they just don't have what it takes. They don't really have the stamina. They don't really want, you know, this promised land you know what i'm mm. saying like they're not really willing to do what it takes to get in heaven they're too content in purgatory to get to heaven they're too content living in purgatory they're too content Ooh. settling because they can get whatever wherever they don't uh, they don't even understand like ignorance is really not bliss like they need to again like get educated out here i'm gonna show them here what heaven looks like on the outside okay. and it is better than it appears Hey, oh hey, tell them you got hey, they got to put that work in. All right. <laughs> hey. Come on now. I got standards. Therefore, I need somebody who I need to meet my match. You man, know what I'm saying? Man, I need my match. I need somebody that also has standards. If you have standards, then you definitely are setting the bar very high. You know, I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's All a right, good buddy. thing. That's a compliment. Yeah, yeah for sure. 100%. 100%. <laughs> so, Dylan, we know you're in the fashion. Um, so this one may be a little bit, a little bit tough bar, maybe an easy one for you. So obviously you call yourself the drip doctor. Ooh, drip, drip. All right. So would you rather wear the same outfit for the rest of your life or never be able to pick up a basketball again? <laughs> all right. Russia. I'm going to go with wearing the same outfit for the rest of my life only because 
I would probably end up like cutting it up. I was about to and, say, yeah. And doing like things to make it look like it did. Like I'm one of those people. I'm like, <laughs> I'm gonna make, I'm gonna I'm give gonna this creative. some some length. I'm gonna give this some life. Like we're gonna ride this out. We're gonna get our money's worth for this shirt. So uh-huh. therefore, after I've worn something for a while, anyways, usually what I'll do is I like make a crop top out of it, make pants out of it, like do crazy shit. So yeah, I'm also, I guess, in a weird way, a designer in that Ooh, capacity. Yeah. I just didn't oh, really man. know it because I just be doing my thing, you know. You just do, hey, <laughs> do it all. If I could pick up a basketball ever again. That would basically be like somebody telling me, "Would you rather have your hands cut off?" Right. For the rest of your life and like not be able to like use your hands. Right, that's horrible. You gotta <laughs> use your hands. Or two. <laughs> right. And uh that ain't gonna work for me. <laughs> Amen to that, man. No, I yeah, love it. I love it. Like money makers right here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You gotta have the nails done, you gotta ball right in them, you know, mm. you gotta look good, feel good, play not good. Too. He made a song right here. Look easy, good, easy. play good, feel good. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. Make it make sense. Make it make change. Ooh. Go by hey, yourself. Hey, hey. Arrange. Ooh. Two, <laughs> hey, hey, Bolo. Hey, man, you might. Hey, deal. It's about hey, the Christmas, hey, y'all. What she don't know, what Go she don't know, hey. Talk to her. Go, we used to go crazy with the freestyles. I mean, Ooh, we used to, come on. We used to throw go. a beat on and go Shit, crazy. This is light. <laughs> this is life. Yeah, this is life. She the real deal. Knock you out like Holyfield. You know I'm the real. I got my own clothing brand, LFT. You ain't fresh as me. You want to be better than me, but that's impossible. I'm coming. Th- Let me stop playing, man. Yeah, listen, I ain't about to be. I ain't, ain't want to do it too crazy to him on the porch, man. But I, I could go crazy, deal. I can go crazy. About to go crazy, man. Hey, listen. You have my permission to be great. Love it, man. Okay, I love that's it. All we need. No better way. No better <laughs> way to, to for end it. it. <laughs> but you have it. I love, <laughs> it. I love well, it. We appreciate it, man. So now again, we love giving people their flowers. You are amazing. We wish you the best in everything that you're doing. You know, uh, you got our support. If there's anything we can do from a promotion standpoint, anything we can do to help you out. You got you got hit the porches. Yes, hit us up, man. So uh, thank you guys. Yeah, no, I just keep staying on the lookout, man, because new music is definitely coming. I have an EP that I'm probably gonna drop. I just have to pick which one I want to drop first because I have a very hefty, 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 even like heftier than my ass, hefty arsenal. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> music. So again, like when once the political games and whatever kind of get worked through and I make it to make the final decision, we're definitely gonna have a mixtape out. I've been kind of previewing some stuff uh on my Instagram just to kind of see like you know the kind of energy people are on and where they're at and what I think would be the next cool thing. And I think just getting a, like support, just you know, for honestly, just whatever it is that I do means anything to me. But again, for me right now, my biggest thing is is really earning my stripes and making a name for myself in music in addition to like being a professional athlete and, you know, a venture capitalist and all these other things. Uh, that's that's really where my like I said, where my head's at, where my grind's been at. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. I appreciate you guys, you know, giving me the opportunity to come and to to tell my story and. Um, to honestly just exchange good energy. Cause again, that's that's something like for me, that's something that's like really, really, really important, really Mm -hmm. important to like do in life is to exchange good energy with good people. And to, and honestly, just to see 
how that manifests itself in life and how things go and how things grow. And I think it's a beautiful thing. I'm on God's time. I leave things in his hands and I know that whatever his hand is in, I can trust to the fullest. Mm. (laughs) Facts. That's a gem. About to tear up on the porch. Hey, my eyes got water. We sending you positive love, positive energy as we head into the new year. All right. Mm. We just want to let you know that you're doing a lot of great things. You're motivation to a lot of people. Whoever listening, they'll see the catalog. They'll see that you're a busy woman. You know what I mean? You're still managing to, you know, your sanity. That mental health is the biggest thing, especially in our in our day and time. Uh, a lot of people overlook it. So thank you for bringing light to that. Um, and overall, I mean, kind of give us a quick a quick closing on, you know, um, just that 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 girl out there who's who's struggling, grinding, trying to make a way, kind of stuck. You know, what's what's your advice for that for that girl trying to get break through, break down barriers, break through walls to make a name for herself? Keep going. Mm. Because, you know, at the end of the day, nobody can want it more than you. And life doesn't wait around for anybody. And evolution cares little about individual lives. So you got to start giving the right fucks about yours and going after whatever it is that you want with no shame. Mm. You can't let other people or your circumstances or your depression or your anxiety or your fear of whatever come in and hold you back from essentially experiencing what life is like what life is supposed to be. The second you have an awareness and an understanding for like the gift of life and like what we're all really here to experience in these like, you know, physical mortal bodies like what we're all here to like get out. Like once you get that, once you kind of are on elevating on that frequency and it really just starts with having an open mind about it, about how to approach life. The second that you can do that, the second you'll start attracting the things that you think about in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Cause at the end of the day, you're going to attract what you think about regardless. You're going to attract what it is you put out there. So if you're constantly being negative and you have to find a way to combat those thoughts, you have to find Mm -hmm. a way to look in the mirror and be like, no, I'm going to be better than that. No, I'm not going to believe what that person told me about myself or my business or my idea or whatever it is. Cause at the end of the day, you become what you believe. I love it. Hey, and hey, y'all heard it. That's a gem <laughs> for a gem. All right, we got our girl Dylan Gonzalez on the show. This is the porch. Follow us. Hey, the Apple Podcast underscore on yep. Instagram. Link in the bio. We kicking it. We on the porch. Dylan Gonzalez. Hey, the last thing I'm gonna say. Hey, peace, love, and blessings to my people out there. We going into the holiday. Be safe. Wash your hands. All right, because <laughs> hey, it's getting crazy out here. All right, and then yeah. last thing I'm gonna say. Hey. Love on who you love, man. Life is short, so you got to love on who you love. It's your boy, Bolo. I'm kicking with my boy, D-Nail. And you know we got Dylan Gonzalez on the porch. And we out. Peace out. That was where it all began. Had to put in work. Every day we got it in. We chased all our dreams and now they can't believe it. We make it look easy. We achieving everything we need. Now we undefeated. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.